0: Hi, I'm Adam Walker, the host of Real Pink, a podcast from Susan G. Komen. Over the last year, I've had the opportunity to meet so many people affected by breast cancer. I've interviewed thought leaders, celebrities, doctors, and men and women living with breast cancer. Their stories are so inspiring and really informative. We're taking conversations from the doctor's office to the living room. Please join us by looking up Susan G. Komen's
1: Real Pink on your podcast app and subscribe today.
0: It's Freeform Friday time here on Unscripted with Mike and Chris, episode number 354, and this is the one where we wrap up a week of shows. Chris goes on to our Twitter account, account, easy for me to say, at at UnscriptedMC, and uh, he goes on there and finds things that people are talking about, things that are trending from the wonderful, and sometimes it obviously is the farthest thing from the wonderful and wacky world of sports, but whatever something that that's on there that Chris thinks is something interesting to talk about, he brings it up, we banter about, and we go on to the next topic. It's a great way to end the week, and uh, having said that, we'll get right at it and hand the microphone over to the executive producer of Unscripted, Mr. Flu.
1: Thanks, Mike. Okay, so I do have some great liked tweets uh, ready to go. And if you guys ever want, you can always go to our Twitter account, like Mike said, at UnscriptedMC, and you can click on our liked tweets, and you can see the ones that I've liked throughout the week that I'm planning on bringing up as we get to Free Forum Friday. But before I do that, I just I thought I'd Google a bunch of different variations of dumbest sports tweets of all time and player tweets of all time and found a number of articles so I just found I just took a random one here and I'm just going to go through a few of these so we just ended off the last episode talking about the Dallas Cowboys and so there's a gentleman who's to play for them named Troy Aikman and he is a broadcaster of some degree right now and I remember because last season he was talking to Joe Buck and he said, who listens to podcasts? You right. Know, right. And, and Joe Buck's like, are you serious? Everybody. And, yeah. <laughs> and was like, eh, I've been on them. I don't, you know, whatever. And so anyway, <laughs> this is great because this is, this just shows uh, old man Aikman not knowing about uh, how to use technology. So there was some hot chick in LA that he liked. So he didn't understand how Twitter worked. So he just put a public tweet out there that he thought was private to her. Oh, uh, You know, is he married or?
0: I think he's divorced. Okay, yeah, yeah. I think he's got two daughters.
1: Okay, yeah, there's nothing about him being married right now, so I don't think he was, like, cheating or anything, but it just, yeah, so he's got a tweet here. Troy Aikman, at Troy Aikman, uh, to some girl. I'm in Dallas, but we'll be coming to L.A. soon. Was thinking of you and wanted to say hi, smiley face. So it could have been a lot worse. Oh, for sure it could have. I've seen one. Could have been
0: like Brett Favre, and he could have put his <laughs> junk out on there. <laughs> yeah, there's
1: that. Or there was the, I saw, well, there's a bunch of these, but I saw where some girl posted, like, her mom uh, her single mom was posting something. and was trying to say like on Facebook was trying to send private messages to some guy and like all the stuff she wanted to do. And it was like ridiculous <laughs> over the top with this girl is saying. So anyway, uh, what do you think about? Troy on,
0: I got to ask this real quick. Sure. As, as, a, as a neophyte in social media, mm-hmm. do you think that they should have to, and neophytes I'm including myself in this mm-hmm. when I say that, but people that don't have, an idea of what they're doing and i still don't but i'm getting better but should they have to like pass a test or something before they can actually get on to social media and put something on there that they don't really want and of course people don't realize that once it's out there it's out there for everybody
1: it is and now now you can delete your tweets but it's already out there right yeah so and especially with celebrity like if if we did it we no no one no one's probably gonna like Take pictures, but here, like anything neat that happens like this, somebody's at least taking a screenshot sure. or picture of it. Sure. Yeah. So even if you delete it, they've still got the picture that they've taken. Correct. So anyway, I just thought I'd share that with you. Um, so that's hilarious. But Troy Aikman. Yeah, what a guy. But anyway. Uh, Oh man, I don't want to mention that one because that's just
0: you were me. asking me what I think about. Yeah, uh, please go on. Just about you know what, Troy. I can understand where Aikman's coming from. I am illiterate um, still to this day. Chris has tried to train it's. You know, it is sometimes difficult to teach an old dog new tricks, and I believe that Aikman falls in the same kind of category that I do in regard to being a bit of a neophyte in regard to social media. I think that Troy is probably more comfortable, maybe texting. But uh, I think, and this I agree, I think because information is out there, and it's so readily available these days. And if you miss post something that you don't want out there, it can get out there and really do some damage, I think. I really believe that. And, and uh, I think that Troy will be a little bit more careful moving forward as to making sure he sends out his tweets in private. And that wasn't even that bad, really. I mean, it was funny. it it could have been way worse. It could have been a hell of a lot worse. He could have been talking about the, you know, we we won't go there. But um, I think Troy probably learned a lesson here, that he needs to be a little bit more tech savvy before he goes on to
1: Twitter. Yeah, and he probably ruined any chance with that woman and getting to stick his three rings where he wanted to put them again. <laughs> anyway. Or maybe she gets off on <laughs> yeah, it because a celebrity who contacted
0: her. Who knows? Right. You know, if she is from L.A., so everybody in L.A. is a former actor. Yeah. So well, diamonds are our
1: girls' best friends. Right. So anyway, exactly. Yeah. Anyway, okay. So this just reminds me of our former uh, GM Peter Chiarelli, who managed to trade both of the top picks in the 2010 draft going into the 2010 nhl draft it was taylor or tyler taylor or tyler are you taking taylor hall or tyler Sagan? Mm. and the oilers took taylor hall and boston took tyler sagan so uh, of course shirley eventually came here and, and uh, traded away taylor hall but before that he had some big trades he pulled where he did trade tyler sagan to the dallas stars but before tyler sagan got traded to the dallas stars he had made a, a hilarious tweet here uh and it's only steers and blank in Texas, and I'm not a cow,
0: well, it's steers and queers <laughs> well course. that's as old as the I know as, but yeah.
1: but then you say that and then you get traded to Texas, yeah, yeah. that's mm-hmm. true, yeah,
0: but no that uh very prevalent uh Texas is about as conservative as you can get folks mm-hmm. it really is um remember Texas used to be their own entity in regard to they they had their they were the lone state. Um, uh, it is a unique place. It is one of 12 states in the United States. Maybe the number has gone up, but I know when I lived there, Texas was one of 12 states that uses the death penalty, and they use it a lot. There is no no lack of use of that one in, te- in this great state of Texas. Um, in some cases, I would be considered pro-death penalty. Um, but in Texas, everything is death penalty. So you know um it's a unique place to live it's a beautiful state it's got four different uh, you've got the desert of west texas and then you've got the the swampland almost of like florida down there in the houston area off the gulf of mexico so you've got a whole bunch of different climates it's well from the louisiana border to the new mexico border is 600 miles wow. that's how big the great state of yeah, texas yeah,
1: is big. Okay, speaking of meatheads, holy moly. So there's a dumb athlete named Cardale Jones. And, oh man, Cardale Jones at Cardale 10, and he'll never live this one down. So every time I kind of stress a word or point, it, it means that he typed it in all caps. Oh, God. So, and not not even that matters. I'm just going to do it for extra emphasis. But why should we have to go to class if we came here to play football? <laughs> we ain't come to play school. Classes are pointless. So, I mean, my favorite. We ain't come to play school.
0: And you wonder why Cardell Jones hasn't quite made it in the NFL. Last time I knew he was a backup for the Los Angeles Chargers. Um, This is one of the guys that uh, was recruited to Ohio State by that famous ethics teacher, the professor of ethics at the Ohio State University, Juan Urban Meyer. Um, He's got a lot of natural talent, folks. He was on the bench for a lot of time at Ohio State, but then a bunch of injuries. Obviously, uh, Danny Barrett was injured a couple of years ago, and and uh, this kid comes off the bench and puts up 59 against Wisconsin in the Big Ten Championship game. The kid can play, but I bet they had to really, really, really dummy up the playbook the week that Cardell Jones played quarterback for the Buckeyes, for damn sure.
1: Oh, yeah. not a Not a smart man. Okay, so anyway... <laughs> I uh I found this pretty interesting here. Uh so CM Punk, the uh the, the yeah, the wrestler and he was in the UFC for a bit. So he's a huge Chicago Blackhawks fan. Mm-hmm. Right? And so he's just a, a big fan and uh he had a tweet which I'm not seeing right now here, but I did respond to it recently, but basically it said something like there he was responding to an article that said you know, should you, you know, should Blackhawks fans cheer for the St. Louis Blues, like a, a division rival, and everything. Should you cheer for them uh, to support, to, you know, put the bad blood behind you? And he just has a tweet saying, Nope. And I responded saying, I agree to that because I just hate the whole thing where, oh, uh, your team's out of it, but now you cheer for the other Canadian teams or the other Alberta team or whatever. That's stupid. You don't. If you're, you don't. If you're the Green Bay Packers, there's nothing that should make you cheer for the Minnesota Vikings at any point. And if I'm an Edmonton Oilers fan, there is nothing. Nothing, no situation where I should have to cheer for the Calgary Flames and I don't and there isn't. I don't care if anyone says, I don't care if it's also in Canada. They're also in the division, they're our arch rival, and they suck, and I hate them. And I'll never cheer for the Calgary Flames ever in any situation, period. There is nothing that can make me take mercy on them or even feel pity for them. Nothing. And don't isn't that the way it should be? It's just like what are there other people that you know that actually cheer for teams they hate? In certain situations, because I sure as hell don't, and I never will.
0: Nope. I'll tell you what I did. The highlight for me in the 2000, I believe it was the 2009 NFL season. The highlight for me was Brett Favre throwing an interception that cost the Minnesota Vikings a chance to go to the Super Bowl. (laughs) That was the greatest play of the whole freaking year, was watching that hillbilly throw an interception for the Minnesota Vikings that cost him a chance to go to that year's Super Bowl. Um, you don't root for the other team. You don't hope that they do well once your team is eliminated. No, you do what I do. You either go to the golf course or you watch the game with some interest because you're a fan of the sport, but you certainly don't root for a division rival in a championship series or game. Do you think that the eight fans of the Miami Dolphins are rooting for the New England Patriots every other Super Bowl? Well, maybe the Dolphins fans are pretty dumb, but uh and there aren't very many of them. I might be I might be uh, padding the total a bit when I say 8, but you get what I'm saying. Packer fans, if they're true Packer fans, they publicly won't say anything bad if the Vikings, Lions, or Bears are in a in a playoff scenario and the Packers are are not, but they sure as hell ain't going to say anything good about them.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Okay, I don't really know anything about this guy, so I thought I'd ask you because I think you will. But uh, Ted Berg at OG Ted Berg says, when I think about legends of MLB, one name that always comes to mind is Ernie Banks. And man, what a player. 512 homers, two MVPs, 11 All-Star seasons, and a slightly lower war than 27-year-old Mike Trout.
0: Ernie Banks was one of the best players of all time, folks. And um, this was obviously... And he had one advantage in regard to getting a nationwide audience because he played in the 50s and 60s and early 70s, and that was just at the dawn of the Cubs coming on to WGN Channel 9. So you got to see, at the later stages of his career, watch one of the great shortstops of all time. You just heard Chris rattle off the numbers, including 512 career home runs. But the problem was, is that the Cubs were dog shit almost every year. That Ernie Banks played I don't think they qualified for the postseason once they were close in 69 the year that the Mets made that magical run and went on and and won as the miracle Mets in 69 the Cubs were the team that they beat to get into the World Series to win the World Series in 69 but the Cubs were crap they were terrible absolute dog shit and there were a lot of memorable names on those great Cubs teams if you remember besides Ernie Banks uh, Ron Santo at third base, Billy Williams in left field. There were some really good, talented guys, but they sucked. They were the Cubs. They were longer than the 86-year Boston streak. That's why Joe Madden, as bad as a manager as he is, as a tactical tactician in, regames, in regard to his game management, he's not a good manager. But he'll go down in infamy in Chicago for breaking the streak from a, from 1908 to 2016, 108 years. Joe Madden will never buy a beer in Chicago. He'll never buy a meal in Chicago. He'll never pay for anything in Chicago. He may get fired next year if the Cubs don't win again, but he won one. And to break the uh, 1908 to 2016 string, that made him, I mean, Mike Ditka is still a god in Chicago. He won one championship. Sure but he's a god in Chicago. His restaurant still to this day is the number one most frequently visited restaurant in the city of Chicago. Is it because of the food? Hell no. The food is okay. I've been there. It's good. But it's popular because Ditka won a championship back in 85 with the Bears.
1: I could have coached the 85 Bears to a Super Bowl. (laughs) No question.
0: And I think Buddy Ryan did. I really believe that he did. Hmm. Ditka was there to deal with the media to deal with the a lot of personalities on that 85 bears team led by a very wacky quarterback by the name of jim mcmahon and you had walter payton and on defense you had a plethora of superstars Mike well absolutely but you also had some players on that defense guys like richard dent and dan hampton and wilbur marshall was out as an outside linebacker was freaking outstanding and they had a great secondary with sean gale and gary fensick back there they were that's the reason why they go down as one of the greatest teams of all times the 85 bears kicked everybody's ass they ended up losing one game that year. That was the infamous game to Miami on Monday Night Football still to this day.
1: With the fake spike?
0: No, 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 no. That was, but still to this day, that 85 game between the Bears and the Dolphins. I've told you about this, where the Dolphins, the, the 72 team always gets together and has mm-hmm. that celebratory champagne as soon as some team, the last team that loses. Well, that's what happened that Monday night, that year. and That was still, to this day, is still the most watched Nielsen ratings TV-wise. It's the most watched Monday night game in the history of the series that goes back to 1970. But the problem was, is that injuries the next year, and then they kind of figured out that Buddy Ryan had gone on to take the job in Philadelphia. Uh, Mike Ditka was not a very good coach. He was a good front guy. Mm Mm-hmm. He was the guy that would say the funny things to the media, and he's the one that would yell at the media after the game. But the tacticians on that team, the 85 Bears, Buddy Ryan on the defense, I can't remember who the offensive coordinator was, but I think it was Vince Tobin. I'm not sure, though. But those guys were really running the team. And then in 86, that team should have won multiple Super Bowls. Should have won multiple Super Bowls, and uh, they just couldn't do it.
1: No. All right, deadspin at deadspin. Dennis Rodman accused of uh, randomly slapping a guest at his own 58th birthday party.
0: You know, (laughs) I got to tell you a story. I always, I like telling stories. I'm a buddy of mine and I were sitting at the Rio Suites uh, Hotel and Casino 100 years ago in Vegas. And that's when Dennis Rodman was going out with Carmen Electra. Oh, yeah. (laughs) And it's about, it's just daybreak. I want to say it's about 5.30, 6 o'clock in the morning. We've been on an all-nighter, and we didn't stop for another couple days. But Rodman and Carmen Electra come up to the bar, and my buddy and I are just hammered, but it doesn't matter. She had some skimpy little nothing on. He doesn't care because he's so enamored with himself with what he has on. He was bombed, and we sat there for about another three hours and had drinks on Dennis Rodman, and it was <laughs> so much fun. So I really can't say anything too bad about okay. Dennis Rodman. I mean, he's out there, man. I mean, is, is, he your, is he your U.S. envoy when you're dealing with North Korea? I mean, that's a little scary. But for my three hours with Dennis Rodman in a drunken state 30 years ago or whatever it was, early nineties, my buddy and I early in the morning meet, have, have a liquid breakfast with Dennis Rodman and Carmen Electra. And man, um, that was a day I, that was pre-Judy too. So, um, we had some fun.
1: That's pretty cool. Awesome. Okay.
0: We don't have pictures too bad. I'm
1: not surprised. (laughs) I'd I'd love to see that though. Yeah. (laughs) So would I. Yeah. Okay. So uh, especially what she was wearing that day. Yeah, me too. Yeah. XFL at XFL twenty twenty. So they got the list of all the coaches. Now remember, every head coach has to also be the GM right, right. for all eight teams. So what I'd like to do is I just want to quickly list them, you don't have to spend too long in each one. Just quickly list uh I don't know if you want to say good or bad or give a grade or a rating on a ten or just I want you to say if you think each one of these is a good hire or a bad hire, basically, however you want to do that. Kay. Okay, and just a quick comment sure, on each sure. one, maybe because some of them we've talked about a lot, but anyway. Okay. XFL, and this might be the best one to start off with, in fairness, because there's some shitty ones here, but maybe the best one, XFL Dallas, Coach Bob Stoops.
0: Oh, I think that's the best hire in the league. Oh, yeah. I I think uh, Stoops will do fine, and I think, uh, you know, he proved to be a very good uh, X's and O coach, obviously, at Oklahoma, but the thing that that, uh, I think that was uh, a real outstanding thing for him was his ability to handle his players and a great communicator and a, a player's coach, and I think he'll do well in Dallas.
1: Yeah. The D.C. team? Pep Hamilton.
0: I don't know enough enough about Pep Hamilton to really make a comment. I've heard the name, but I don't know anything about him. Okay.
1: Seattle, Jim Zorn.
0: Well, that's a local hire for the simple fact that's a former Seahawk. Um, Does Jim Zorn know football? Obviously, if you've played quarterback at the level that he did and the success that he did in the National Football League as an NFL quarterback, you know what it takes to be a successful coach. It'll be interesting to see. I I, I would be interested to see Seattle and see uh, see if they're anything like their old coach when he was roaming the sidelines and the huddles for the Seattle Seahawks.
1: Tampa Bay, Mark Tressman.
0: You know, um, I don't quite understand what happened to Mark Tressman in regard to his second tour of duty in the Canadian Football League, working for his former boss, Jim Pop. Uh, in Toronto I mean the problem after they won the Super Bowl and beat Calgary or the Super Bowl the Grey Cup a couple of years ago and beat Calgary um, Trestman you would have thought would have been on the top of the CFL world and then last year you lose Ricky Ray in game two of an 18 game season you're gonna suck and if you don't have a backup quarterback in the CFL you're really gonna suck and that's what Toronto did and Trestman gets fired at the end of the year I think Trestman's a good coach and I think he'll do well
1: New York Kevin Gilbride
0: retread been around forever uh coached back in the heyday he once coached Warren Moon back in the Houston Oilers days <laughs> so he's been around for a thousand years uh this is a dinosaur kind of I probably put him in the same category as the June Jones
1: mm-hmm. St. Louis John Hayes never heard of him nope. okay and then we've already talked about these LA Winston Moss and Houston June Jones not a fan of either one of those no uh-uh.
0: no uh Winston Moss uh first time head coach at any level uh, most famous as being a hard-hitting linebacker back in those '80s days, with the at the U at the University of Miami, playing for Jimmy Johnson and then for Derek Dennis Erickson, he seems to be a little bit of a cancer in the locker room in regard to the coaching staff. Uh, he warmed he he wore out his welcome in Green Bay. It'll be interesting to see uh, what he's going to do in L.A. as the first-time head coach and general manager. And I don't give a flying rat's ass about June Jones.
1: I just I really disagree with. I'd say six of those eight teams when it comes to, not about the coaching hires, but when it comes to just placing the teams there, it just seems weird to me. I mean, I get, look, Vince McMahon isn't going to do anything without making New York. He's all about New York. So, and it's the number one city. It's the biggest city. So I don't blame them for that. St. Louis just lost their team and they were an NFL team. So I don't blame them for that. But the other six cities are ridiculous.
0: I think part of the reasoning maybe would be weather concerns
1: um no but i mean like if you're okay if you're gonna put a team in tampa bay you could put a team somewhere else in florida oh yeah if you're gonna put a team you're not
0: gonna have a team that's gonna play in february march and april you're not gonna have a team outside of new york you're not gonna unless they have a dome stadium well but seattle gets rain they don't get a lot of snow right yeah you won't have a team in green bay you might have a team in minnesota someday because they've got the new, new dome stadium there but i think uh, obviously, logistics and concerns about people sitting outside in winter weather still in February, March, and April was probably a concern as to where they place some of the franchise, especially if they don't have a domed or an in- indoor facility.
1: Okay, uh, the Gamblers Report. Gamblers Report. Which Major League Baseball team is most overrated? And they had a poll. And so I'll uh, just give you the four options here. And you tell me which of these teams is the most overrated right now: the Angels. The Nationals, the Phillies, or the Indians? Your choice. We're most overrated right now. And then I'll tell you the results of the poll. Uh
0: well, obviously I think I'm gonna go out on a safe limb here and say the Phillies, um, because the Phillies made substantial changes to their roster and I thought for the better, and obviously the cherry on top was Bryce Harper right before, right in the middle of spring training. Uh, I don't think they've played up to full potential yet. So uh, I don't know what the results are. But my answer, out of these four teams, I mean, the Angels really, what do the Angels have? They got Mike Trout. The Nationals, they lost Bryce Harper, didn't replace him. The Indians have been devastated by free agency. Uh, I, I think, I, I'm going to go with the Phillies.
1: Okay, uh, they tied for second. Uh, this this particular, this is a Twitter poll, 224 people responding. Uh, Nationals got 38%. Phillies and Indians each got 25 Angels mm-hmm. only got 13 So.
0: Um, the Phillies, I mean, they brought in uh, Gene Segura from from Seattle. They bring in Andrew McCutcheon from the Yankees via San Francisco last year or vice versa, something like that. Obviously, they bring in Bryce Harper. They make the trade for GT, JT Real Muto, the catcher from Florida. They've made some substantial upgrades, brought in some pitching, um, and they still, I think, are underachieving. The the Atlanta Braves are running away already with the National League East, and it shouldn't be like that. It should be the the Philadelphia Phillies should not be losing focus. Yeah.
1: Okay, ESPN and ESPN brought up again how uh, you probably heard about that better. I think I talked about it on the show. That guy who just scrounged up all Mm -hmm. the money he could, got $85,000 together, bet it all on Tiger at the Masters, won about $1.1 million. And so, of course, uh, you might have seen this clip uh, in the last few days where Tiger's golfing somewhere and somebody tiger's yells on out.
0: a yeah tiger's on a um he's on Where, a wherever yeah, that is. was in, that's in las vegas Oh, uh, that vegas? Okay. that's vegas he was there on a teaching clinic um the guy in this in the stands who brilliantly made this video yells out the question hey tiger what do you think about the guy that that uh, uh bet eighty five thousand dollars on you to win the masters and tiger quickly responds great fucking bet or fucking great bet or yeah, something like that great bet, yeah um it's gone viral Um, it's, uh, I'm, I'm, you know what I'm telling you folks, this is the new and improved Tiger Woods, um, Tiger Woods back in the day, a, wouldn't be doing a Monday teaching, uh, uh, and he's getting paid handsomely, but I'm just saying there was a time that Tiger wouldn't do a Monday, uh, uh, clinic. There's no way his time is too valuable. Um, Tiger, I thought at the PGA, even under difficult circumstances in regard to the lawsuit brought against him and everything else going on, and as the defending uh, champ from Augusta, uh, I think he's handling the media much better than he, does, than he did previously. Um, I have, back in the day, sat in Tiger Woods press conferences, and it was ridiculous how boring and nondescript it was. The guy asks him a question, he'll say, I'm playing fine. What would you do this week for preparation of this tournament? played a few holes of golf, worked on a couple things. Uh, we're ready to go. Yeah, yeah, And now at least he's being a little bit engaging 25 years ago. My first exposure to tiger. He played at the Las Vegas open, uh, on the Summerlin golf course in the Summerlin part of town. He won the damn thing. And, uh, he was an asshole, but obviously he's been humiliated. How many times over since 2008 and into 2009, and uh, I think we've finally seen a bit, a bit of a grown-up version of Tiger Woods
1: for the win for the win says not again Paul Pierce because <laughs> this is great because ever since Paul Pierce has started making predictions hasn't gone so well so since he said both that the Bucks were done or however he worded after yeah. the Celtics were up one nothing yeah then uh, against the Raptors when the Bucks were up two nothing. He said "Bucks got this. So teams in the NBA playoffs this year, after Paul Pierce makes a prediction against them, those teams are now 8-0. Yeah,
0: and uh, supposedly both in Las Vegas uh, and a couple other places, but obviously predominantly from Las Vegas in regard to a betting line, um, they have the Warriors as the favorite. Not a big surprise. Again, they've won three out of the last four. Should have been all four, to be honest. And, uh, you know... So that's probably a good omen. If if Paul Pierce comes out after Game One and if the Warriors win, it'll be interesting to see. But if Paul Pierce says <laughs> uh, it's over, the Warriors have it. That's the best thing that could happen to the Toronto Raptors.
1: Yeah, it's like the whole Drake thing where everything he when he for it loses. But okay, uh, atheist republic at atheist republic. A Mississippi Christian lawmaker punched his wife for not undressing for sex fast enough. Mississippi, Mississippi. Uh, No, no report on if it was Brett. Oh
0: my God. We have been, (laughs) we have been hanging around a lot. I was just going to say, did did it have anything to do with a Favre residence in Hattiesburg, Mississippi? Um, moving on. Um, you know, I, I, I get that premise, but Why would somebody put, I don't know, I I just, sometimes I don't understand because obviously I'm not very well versed in social media. I don't understand why somebody would even put that out there.
1: Well, anyway, so uh, this is totally different now, but uh, actually going back to the XFL, last week I was having Mike guess uh, who uh, the new coach uh, of a team was, and it would end up being June Jones. But when I was saying the things, when I was giving you clues, you suddenly said Jerry Glanville, right, right? and then uh, I'm like, no, it's not Jerry Glanville. But XFL Tampa Bay, at XFL Tampa Bay official Mark Fressman has named Jerry Glanville as his defensive coordinator.
0: Well, you know, Gl- <laughs> Glanville is one of these retreads. You know, like a June Jones, like uh you had mentioned earlier, Kevin Gilbride. Kevin Gilbride was the offensive coordinator for Jerry Glanville back in the day with the Houston Oilers when, when uh Warren Moon was the quarterback. These guys are just old war horses. They're just retreads, and you know what? They're like, I once heard, I don't know if this is true, but if we ever got hit with a nuclear bomb, the only thing that would survive are cockroaches. Is that true?
1: Uh, well, I think a tardigrade would would uh, would also survive, technically. But Well, but yeah, not, not cockroaches
0: much, so. and former NFL football coaches <laughs> looking for jobs would survive in a, in a nuclear holocaust. But um, Jerry Glanville... You know, first of all, what I think, if you were to do a tribute to Jerry Glanville, and if it was kind of like in a roast scenario, I think that the first joke would have to be, here's the schmuck that traded Brett Favre to Green Bay. Couldn't make the team. Glanville couldn't get rid of Favre fast enough in Atlanta that one year in Atlanta because Brett was was buried on the bench, and he liked to go out and drink beer and and horse around and chase girls, and and uh, he couldn't get him out of Atlanta fast enough. The Green Bay Packers being smart enough, i.e. Ron Wolfe being smart enough to make a trade, brings Brett Favre to Green Bay, and the rest, as they say, is history.
1: Okay, well, let's finish off with some onion yep. stories here. So the onion at the onion uh i like this this is great uh employee using up sick days before leaving company and has a picture of kevin durant what employee using up sick days before leaving company and And, so it shows a picture of kevin durant so you know basically he's 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 like just let's say you're at you know working at an office somewhere you might use up your sick days that's what he's doing he's Uh, just he's just kind of like using up his sick days because he's leaving the company anyway i get it i get it okay um
0: yes kevin durant is either going to be a new york nick or a los angeles clipper next year
1: Mm -hmm. okay well i gotta dummy up that's pretty funny i haven't had
0: a job in so long i don't remember the last time i had a sick day yeah.
1: i actually this this reminds me of uh we were talking recently about you know taking the coleman cooler out if you're yep. going somewhere yep so uh this one dad's eyes well up at sight of perfectly packed cooler
0: absolutely that's a there's an art to that
1: yeah look there's a nice little picture The Onion oh my god that's you. perfect
0: you've got to be able to economize the space the more space you need or sport more space you want the more beers or adult beverages you can put in so being able to stack and keep the beverages cool the adult beverages cool
1: that is a skill
0: and and high demand too especially as we go into the the summer part of the of the calendar year mm-hmm.
1: Well, I'm not very handy so I haven't had much experience. Well, this you're talking to the wrong
0: guy. I don't even know the right end of a hammer.
1: Oh, yeah. Well, yeah, so you might not have any of this too, but I remember growing up in Yorkton there were a number of people that would have uh, a number of different accidents. So Lowe's unveils new table saw with attached ice chest for storing cut off fingers. <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh, I I got to tell you once, it's funny. I thought I could do this. I went out to a, um, a rental shop here in Calgary. I had a tree, not at this house, but at the other house I lived in, which had a big, huge pie-shaped lot in the back, and we had big trees. And uh, I had the grandiose plans of going out, and there was a tree that had extended over the fence and had gone into the back alley. And before I get charged by the city to cut it down, I was going to try. So I go out with the best intentions to go out and buy this, or rent this saw, because I don't have a saw lying around. So I went out and I get it home and I gas it up. I couldn't even get the damn thing started. I was so scared that I was going to lose a finger. So I took it back <laughs> within an hour and the guy said, no charge. You didn't even try to do this, did you? And I said, nope. No. I couldn't do it. Not not my and thing. I, and I would I was literally scared out of my wits. That I was gonna lose a digit. I really was. Oh yeah. And uh so we just took it right back to the store.
1: I remember growing up seeing people missing arms and fingers and farming accidents as kids and shit, and I'm just like, Nope, nope, no thanks. Okay, last story. And I've talked about some of this a little bit before, but anyway, so the onions tweet is Grandma excited to show off new beach sweater. And <laughs> <laughs> and I- I I just appreciate that so much because I I know I've brought this up before, but my grandparents, when they were alive, were snowbirds, my mom's parents, and they would go down to usually Yuma, Arizona, let's say, and they would be sitting and they'd go with other couples their age, and they're all like in their 70s at the time, probably, and they're sitting around the pool at their motel or whatever they're staying at, and they're literally all sitting there. It's like plus 40, bright sun, and they're wearing like dress pants, dress shirts tucked in. I'm like, I'm sorry. And I know that, and I've brought stuff before too. My other grandpa, my dad's dad, used to go golfing in a shirt and tie. he you have the tie? Really? Oh, yeah. Have Tuck the, it in? Yeah. No, a tie clip. Okay. Have a tie clip. So the tie, so if you're bending down to take the shot there, your tie stays. Yeah. yeah. yeah and you, you golfed in a tie. And that's it. like, and I know things have gotten less formal and that's great and everything. And you don't have to you know, put on a three piece suit to leave the house and go to the grocery store and your fedora and everything. But that is crazy there. I guarantee they were sweating. Absolutely. I guarantee they weren't comfortable. Oh, you, yeah. you can't put on. Trunks. You can't, I can't imagine.
0: I can't. Yeah. Well, I can't imagine trying to swing a golf club with a coat and tie with a tie on and yeah I don't think a long, he didn't have a blazer but pro- like a, no but i mean probably a long shirt yes and obviously it's tie, tied yeah and so it's tied at band, the top yeah. i couldn't imagine trying to swing as violently as i swing i couldn't imagine trying to swing like why
1: that. would you restrict yourself and i don't impact know impact your performance you You'd know be it's, hot and uncomfortable it's,
0: it's always funny when i lived in vegas you could always tr- you could always tell the tourists especially the canadians because In late January and into February, that's the coldest period of the year in Las Vegas. And all the people that lived in Las Vegas would be bundled up like it's minus 30 here in Calgary. When the Canadians would get off the plane and you'd see them down on the strip and they'd be in shorts and they were thinking it's Miami Beach. But it's funny, really funny when you switch those roles and you come back and your blood when you've lived up here and you go down and I now get teased and I tease them like Jack and the boys that I play golf with on Mondays and Fridays when I'm in Vegas and they're sitting there and I'm in shorts and they've got three layers of clothes on cause it's freezing. It's amazing what happens when your blood thins in the South in, in the, in the hot temperatures and then obviously hardens and it, it becomes more solid. It's just amazing. I used to laugh at those guys and now I don't laugh at them no more. Huh. It's just, you know, the way things are. Um, we've got to run here on this 354th episode of Unscripted, our commonly now referred to as our free form Friday edition of the program. And, uh, before we get out of here real quick, uh, the boss has something to say.
1: Yeah. I just wanted to say that, uh, I'm, I'm actually going on vacation for a couple of weeks. Yay! So, uh, thanks for listening as always, everyone. And we'll be back uh, shortly, but, uh, we'll be off for about uh, two weeks here as I'm going to be in BC and Edmonton for a lot of that time um, but uh, I'll be excited to get back in it and uh, we'll have lots to talk about then again uh, including the uh, NHL draft where there's a guy that I'm hoping the Oilers take in the first round who's got very 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 deep roots in the state of Wisconsin so Woo! I'll be interested to talk about that with Mike but uh, yeah we'll be back in then in a, we'll be back in a couple of weeks here
0: sounds good until then uh, you can certainly check out all the previously now produced 354 episodes on those many different social media avenues, so please feel free to do that, get caught up, and we'll see you in a couple of weeks. Having said all that, for the executive producer of Unscripted, Mr. Chris Fluke, I'm Mike Jansen. Until next time.